Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you tools to win, like MyBookie. At MyBookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use MyBookie for daily odds boosts, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Every single sack, fumble, and touchdown is another chance to hit payday. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag and on your first deposit, use promo code TSUS to grab a deposit match up to $1,000. Try the MyBookie money bag to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds. Plus 38,000 on the Eagles and Chiefs. You won't find odds like that anywhere else. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my bookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. good friend Chris Doring of SEC Network joins the show once again. Chris, how are you, my friend? Appreciate you taking the time. I'm good. Yeah, good to catch up with you, Chris, man. It's uh, hard to believe we're about in the stretch run of this thing, man. It's gone by quick, hasn't it? It has. It's flying by as we close out the month of October. We look ahead in November, and of course, Chris, this is times where I guess we have the first uh, college football playoff rankings that'll drop, I believe, tomorrow night. So we're getting to that time, right, where the playoff picture is starting to look more and more and more clear as we look back on week nine, Chris, let's start, of course, with the Gamecocks. South Carolina Falls, 30-17 to to go defeated in the month of October. Carolina now has to win four consecutive games, their four remaining games, to reach bowl eligibility. What did you take away from the game on Saturday? What really looked like an undermanned Gamecock squad going up against, I think, a vulnerable Texas A&M team, but just did not have enough horses. What do you take away? And then I, I want to ask you this. What would you put the odds at from what you've seen that South Carolina can go undefeated in their final four? They've got Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Clemson. Each of those four are at home. What would you put the odds at, percentage or a number or what have you, that South Carolina can get that done? What, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, uh, odd that, that a team has a four-game homestand at the end of the year. That doesn't ever happen. So that's certainly favorable for, for uh, Shane Beamer's squad. Um, to me, the toughest game on that, that schedule, maybe Kentucky and, um, you know, looking at what Clemson's, uh, kind of struggled through this year, uh, having that game at home would be a big advantage. So it, it certainly couldn't get done. And I think the reason why I have confidence that it could get done is from the track record of Shane Beamer getting his teams ready to go. And that's what stood out to me. I, I, I talked on my show on the SEC network this morning about, the notes that I took during the game. And one thing I wanted to make sure I mentioned on the Saturday night football final was how much fight was in the South Carolina team all year long, dating back to spring practice, being decimated by injuries at the same positions over and over again, to see offensive linemen continuing to go out, to see receivers going out. You know, Trey Knox goes out of the tight end position. You have a, a guy in Joshua Simon steps up and, and, and catches a touchdown pass. Um, Nick Harbor has his, his, first opportunity to really play uh, substantial minutes and takes advantage of that. Every guy that has um, been thrust into action has competed really hard. It hadn't always been clean. It hadn't always been perfect, but you see guys fighting. And that's what I want to see from a team that's struggling the way that South Carolina is. Two wins at this point of the year is not what anybody expected, but they haven't laid down. They haven't cashed it in. They haven't looked forward to next season. You haven't seen a mass exodus of guys saying they're going elsewhere. 
Uh, to me, that's a, a sign of, of the overall health of the program. And it may be difficult to watch as a fan right now, but the valuable experience that these guys are getting as freshmen that are pl- playing sooner than you probably like them to is going to pay dividends down the line. So I was impressed with the way they came out. Three sacks of Max Johnson on the first uh, series. You jump out to the 7 nothing lead. You fall behind and even uh, able to close it to a one-possession game late in the, in the second half. So I saw a lot of good things that I like with maybe the most important being the competitive nature of this team. Chris, justifying anything at the expense of bad luck, if you will, is just not going to sit with a fan base, right? You understand, Chris, how fan bases operate. Somebody or something has to be blamed. When you look at the injury bug that has struck South Carolina this season, and again, you saw it Saturday, man. It's just like, I mean, there was a series of plays, Chris. I think it was like three or four consecutive plays where it seemed like a different Gamecock player was getting injured. And it's just like, you know, you hate to, and, and you might have to write it off to dumb luck, but is it fair for South Carolina fans to be questioning the strength and conditioning, the strength coach? That's what everybody wants to look at. I mean, it's, you know, maybe it's unfair to put him on the hot seat, but it's just like, how do the injuries keep happening over and over? What What's your take on that yeah. when you see a football team sustain the amount of injuries like a South Carolina is doing this year? It's the one thing that you can't handicap when you're looking at a season uh, heading into the year when you're trying to figure out what what a team's capabilities are. Um, You you knew the schedule was going to be incredibly challenging heading into the season, uh, but you couldn't have accounted for the injuries the way that they've they've, uh, struck this team. So I'd have to look at the totality of them. I think when you're talking about soft tissue injuries, sometimes you can look at that being maybe a result of the strength and conditioning staff. But, you know, sometimes you just have bad luck with, you know, guys with ligament damage or twisted ankles, high ankle sprains, like broken bones. Those are things that have nothing to do with the, the strength and conditioning staff. So without knowing, you know, the whole totality of, of the injuries, I wouldn't be able to speak to that necessarily. But um, I do think it's the one thing, you know, you, you can't really account for as you head into a season. Um, how fortunate are you going to get? I think luck sometimes relates to turnovers you know how how many turnovers are we going to create a lot of that you know the ball bouncing the right way and then staying injury free when you when you see these teams that end up um you know holding up the trophy under the confetti largely those are teams that have been able to stay relatively healthy throughout the totality of the season we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Chris, fairly or unfairly, Georgia is a program that Florida measures themselves up against when it comes to the Gators, obviously expect to win championships, both SEC and national titles. And it's only year two of Billy Napier, but after a 23-point loss to the University of Georgia, how wide would you say that gap is right now between UGA and Florida? Because that's how Florida measures themselves at the end of the day. Yeah, I think it's a massive chasm, and that's one of the things I said on our show on Saturday night is that um, this was a game I thought that Florida could be competitive in. I actually, for some reason, picked Florida to win that game, <laughs> and uh, I think that the difference in the, the construction of these two offenses was evident pretty quickly. You know, Florida jumps out, has a great uh, you know, first 15 scripted. They go right down the field and, and, and look like they have uh, Georgia on their heels a little bit. Um, they did have a couple questionable calls that I didn't like the end around on first down, put it behind the chains, I think in their second or third possession, uh, the fourth down call, the snap between the legs of the quarterback to the, to the running back was a little goofy for me, but at the end of the day, Georgia is just a better team. They're faster. They get to the edge quicker. They're able to close the gaps faster. They're able to run away from, from defenders as Lad McConkey did. They're stronger and physical up on the points of attack. Uh, Georgia's run game was nothing fancy. They line up and, and run inside zone and counter and, and pick up 10 to 12 yards a clip. Um, they, they're just a, a really well-coached team. It's, a, it's a, an incredibly uh, talented accumulation of, of players that are very well-coached, extremely disciplined, and unselfish in the way they go about playing the game. And I think that what, that's what makes um, an excellent team, whether you're talking about football, basketball, baseball, or you're talking about the business world, those are the characteristics you look for. And I think that um, this year's team certainly exhibits. It's a, it's a different kind of build of a team. The defense, the strength is more in the secondary than it is up front in the last couple of years. But they are a very well-coached team that plays really hard and, and is incredibly disciplined. Chris, Tennessee picked up a big road win in Lexington, Kentucky. Anytime you win on the road at night in the SEC especially, that's a really high-quality win. Uh, Joe Milton was efficient. The front seven for Tennessee was active. Devin Leary was pretty good statistically, 28-39, yeah. 372, two touchdowns, no picks. Both quarterbacks played pretty well. What did you see in this ball game? Obviously, the struggles for Kentucky continue, and I don't know if you saw the clip on social media, but some of our Kentucky buddies were – they were pretty fired up after that one and disappointed and disgruntled. But big road win for Josh Heupel and company. And it feels like one they had to have if they're going to have the type of season they're they're looking forward to having this year. Yeah, let's start with Tennessee because um, this is a, a team that continues to surprise me every single week. They go up against top rushing defense after top rushing defense. They come into this one as the, the leader in, in rushing in the SEC, averaging 217 yards a game up against a very stingy, Kentucky defense against the run, and they put up 254 yards on the ground. So everybody knows what they want to do, but yet they can't stop it. And that speaks to the level of physicality, the offensive line, the execution of the, the backs as well. 
Uh, really nice little one-two combo there with what they're able to do, interchanging their, their running backs. Uh, Jalen Wright kind of got things going on the fifth play of the game with that 52-yard touchdown scamper to set the tone. Uh, but it, it, just in the matter of a couple years, um, Tennessee has kind of changed their M.O. and they become a really physical team on both lines of scrimmage, which is what you need to be able to compete in this conference. Um, on the flip side, I feel like Kentucky's that, that, that little boy with his fingers in the dike trying to, to plug all the, the leaks. Um, the, the passing game hadn't been there all year long, surprisingly. You get you know, maybe a career performance from Devin Leary with the way he throws the football. The, the receivers finally are making plays down the field. Uh, but they're not able to run the ball with the consistency that they have, and they certainly can't stop anybody. Um, the defense is the real surprising point to me in this one. Like the last couple of weeks, in fact, they've given up 51 in, uh, to Georgia three weeks ago. Uh, last uh, week they give up uh, 38 to uh, to Missouri, and then they, they give up 33 to Tennessee on, on Saturday. So for me, the, uh, the Kentucky defense led by Brad White is always something you've been able to depend on. And they've really kind of let them down. They can't seem to put it all together. And uh, I know that has to be frustrating for the, the, the Big Blue fans. Now, Chris, we got a jam-packed slate in Week 10, closing out Week 9. Of course, Auburn dominates Mississippi State. Ole Miss dominates Vandy. Ho-hum. So we'll move to the Week 10 slate. Wait, did you not? Were you not impressed with the Auburn passing game, though? That was kind of out of nowhere to see Peyton Thorne dropping dimes the way he did throwing the ball down the field. That was uh, I thought funny. it was – it was interesting that they decided to go do two things a little, tempo, uh, a little different. They used more tempo in this ballgame, and they were only going to use one quarterback. They hadn't flip-flopped back and forth between Thorne and Ashford, and I think it allowed Thorne to be more comfortable. Uh, and I think showing confidence in the passing game by calling deep plays early and often was rewarded by Peyton Thorne and, and that group of receivers making plays. Eleven different guys caught passes in the first half of that ballgame alone. So they spread the ball around, and it made them a more dynamic offense as a group. Yeah, you look at the numbers, Chris, to your point. Peyton Thorne, 20-26, 230, three touchdowns, no picks. By far his best game. And, of course, State's mm -hmm. troubles continue. Let me ask you this, and, Chris, I'm not asking you to call for anybody's job, but would you would you say Zach Arnett, do you think he's the long-term answer at Starkville, or do you think he was just kind of the best of a really – really difficult situation down there. No, I like him. I mean, we're talking about a first-year, first-time head coach. You know, it, it, we've watched that, that learning curve with a lot. Even Kirby Smart in his first couple of years at, at Georgia when he, you know, got his first opportunity to be a head coach, you, you have some some learning curves, some bumps and some bruises that you got to take. But, you know, I like Zach Arnett a lot. I think that the thing that kind of surprised me is that there's been points in the season where the defense has not been very good and, and – knowing that Arnett's the architect of that defense and that you have the majority of your players back outside of Emmanuel Forbes from that side of the ball, for them to be as inconsistent on that side is a little surprising to me. But let's not forget, just as we talk about the injuries to South Carolina, you know Will Rogers, no Woody Marks in the game again for the second straight week as they, they played a little shorthanded. Mike Wright had some good and some bad, but I don't think you can judge them yet. I, I think the fan base there from everybody I talked to feels like Arnett's the right guy. So I trust that, you know, they're going to continue to build this thing and, and, and get back on track. Chris, looking at the slate this weekend, we got a jam-packed slate. I think most everyone is in action this weekend. Really intriguing group of noon games. And I want to start in Oxford because I, I just watched Texas A&M. Chris, I don't think they're that good. I don't yeah. think South Carolina is good enough to take advantage of them and their deficiencies. But, I mean, A&M 
was giving Carolina every chance to come back, come back in that football game, win that football game. I love Ole Miss at home. I don't know what the spread is, but I mean, is it as is it as much a no brainer as I'm making it? The Rebels beat Texas A&M because I just I just wasn't impressed at all by what I saw by the Aggies. I'm not impressed with A&M's offense. I do like their defense, particularly. So the they're so seven. boring offensively. I thought, yeah, they were so and, and, boring. I went back and watched that tape yesterday. You, you, South Carolina's playing cover one, so man coverage on the outside, up pressed, and they're running like five-yard hitch routes across the board. Like when you're playing man coverage, you, you want to run crossers. You want to do things that can allow you to break away from coverage. And these guys are just sitting in spots idly, easily covered. So uh, it is frustrating to watch their offense for sure. The offensive line has not been impressive to me. I, I thought that they maybe had improved this year earlier in the season, but uh, they've been exposed dating back to the Alabama game. Uh, defensively, though, I, I do believe in – DJ Durkin's side of the ball, I believe in the front seven, they are an incredibly physical group up front. Uh, obviously sacking Spencer Rattler four times and forcing three intentional grounding penalties. Um, so I do think that'll be an interesting dynamic. Uh, but Ole Miss has gotten back to being a little more physical. They're a run-first offense, which is something that you don't think of necessarily when, when you think Lane Kiffin. But that's what this Ole Miss offense has been predicated on the last couple of years. The last four ball games, they've been um, really making an emphasis to run the ball better. So I think that'll be a, a unique challenge. But I'm with you. I, I, I think Ole Miss wins this game. Um, but I do think it's a little more competitive than probably you're making it out to be. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P-U-R-S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. GameTime is the best ticket-buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket-buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also, tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, 
create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Now, Florida, they've got a big one this weekend, sitting on five wins. You look at the rest of the slate, LSU, Mizzou, Florida State await. Not saying they can't win one of those, but it feels like if the Gators are going to get to bowl eligibility, like this is one you have to have against what feels like a a hapless Arkansas team at this point. You know, I, I don't know that you're maybe as in tune to this as I am as a Florida guy, but what a roller coaster it seems like it's been. You know, I, I was down on them in the offseason. Then I started getting a little more optimistic. Then they, they go out there and play pretty uh, undisciplined uh, against Utah, uh, come back and get a win over Tennessee. Now you're feeling more optimistic. Then they lay an egg in Lexington. Then they win in, in Columbia, and you're feeling good about it. Now you lose this Georgia game, and you're talking about – a struggle to try to get just the bowl eligibility. Florida's been six and six in each of the last two regular seasons. You thought that maybe this was a year uh, that uh, five and two heading into the Georgia game that you could maybe get the seven wins. Now they're going to be lucky, in my opinion, to to get to to uh, to six wins. This is going to be a dangerous Arkansas squad that has their back up against the wall. They've lost six straight. Uh, they just fired Dan Enos, so they got nothing to lose. I, I think you come out, you don't necessarily know what they're going to try to be offensively. Uh, with the dismissal of Danino. So uh, this is one that Florida has to have. It's a noon game. Uh, I imagine the the Swamp's going to be a, a little less hype than it's been in, in the previous home games. So they're going to have to find their own energy. And I think sometimes for an immature uh, team, for an inexperienced team, that's something that's uh, the hard to do when you don't have the external motivation there. Chris, thoughts on the all-black uniforms? Do they make you feel more or less confident? Uh, I'm not a big – I'm a fan of, like, the traditional uniforms. Uh, you don't see Alabama running out here rolling out black uniforms. You know, I, I think – you know, I, I love our uh, our blue tops and white pants. Um, you know, that's kind of the, the uni of choice, the uni that I, I played in in all my home games, and so I'm kind of biased in that way. But I guess nowadays, you know, these kids outside of NIL want to know that they can wear mutual uh, uniform combinations and can have great facilities and uh, – not necessarily in that order, I guess. And trust me, Chris, it's not just the Florida fan base, South Carolina. It's it's funny. Many others, it's like some people are in favor of it. Some people say, every time we wear black, we get blown out. Don't do it. So it, it it's always fascinating to me how much people, how much stock folks put yeah. in uniforms. Uh, Gamecocks and Gamecocks, Chris, in Columbia, Carolina, Jacksonville State. This feels like it should be, should be, keyword an opportunity for a get-right game for South Carolina coming back home, kicking off the homestand. Gamecocks opened up South Carolina, opened up as a 13-point favorite. I think it's up to like 16 now, but um, I don't think this is a game where Carolina can just roll their helmets out there and expect things to go well. Uh, and it feels like, Chris, these are the type of games, like you when you're having a tough season, these are the ones you've really got to be careful of because Jacksonville State's going to come in with absolutely nothing to lose. Yeah, I mean, this is, the, again, a team that's been decimated by injuries. You're playing a lot of young players. I mean, I, I can't speak to the makeup of the Jacksonville State roster very well, but, you know, just because you're a highly recruited player that, that finds their way into the SEC doesn't mean that you're, you know, God's gift to football and you're able to go out there and, and just roll the balls out and beat everybody else that come from lesser perceived conferences. So, I do think, again, I trust Shane Beamer and his coaching staff to have the guys ready to go, to play motivated, 
to get the chance to set the tone for the last month of the season. Uh, people remember how you play in November. Uh, look no further than last season with those wins over Tennessee and Clemson to finish the season left Gamecock fans feeling really positive. So if you can get on a run here and somehow win the last four ball games, it wipes away a lot of the feelings of, of hope and uh, or hopelessness and, and, and dismal feelings that we've experienced the last uh, two months of the season. So um, I do think there'll be a sense of urgency and I expect uh, South Carolina to win. Chris, I was surprised, admittedly. How hey, let, let me say this real quick. Yeah. Let me say this real quick, Chris. Yeah. I want to go back and, and talk about Spencer Rattler, too. I, yeah. I think Spencer yeah. Rattler, we've talked about him uh, a lot this year. But watching him on the sideline, watching him kind of pick up Nick Harbour after he dropped that pass early, watching the, the way that he has tried to elevate the play of those around him. He's inspired by the way he goes out there and plays without really any uh, support uh, of the offensive line protecting him or a consistent run game. This guy, he was thought to be an immature, selfish guy when he came out of high school and maybe showed some signs of that at Oklahoma, even at times at, at, at South Carolina. But I love the fact that he came back and played another season, and I think he's helped his draft status considerably by what he's shown, not necessarily on the field, which has been tremendous, but the kind of leader and quarterback that he can be in elevating the play of the other 10 players in that huddle with him. And I just can't say enough about how impressed I am with Spencer Rattler. Yeah, Chris, I think a great point, too, because we all heard coming into South Carolina, attitude problems, the Netflix documentary, and he's been yeah. nothing but a great teammate and a great leader during his time at South Carolina, undoubtedly. Uh, moving to Athens, Chris, Missouri, Georgia. Mizzou opens up as more as a two-touchdown underdog in this football game. Are we not giving Mizzou enough of a chance in Athens? Can their physicality stack up with Georgia? Or is this, do you see another matchup where Georgia sort of flexes their muscles and reminds us why they are the top dog, no pun intended? Yeah, uh, unlike um, Florida, I think Missouri goes into this game with a different kind of confidence dating back to last season in Como. You turn that tape on for about 55 of the 60 minutes, Missouri gave Georgia all they could handle, and they, they did it with a really physical performance on the defensive front. Um, you know, that's, uh, Georgia's offensive line has been one of the best in the conference and country the last couple of years, and uh, Missouri's front seven matched up really, really well. So I think you could take some, some solace in that by, by saying, hey, this is what we did last season to, the, to a lot of these same guys. And then offensively for Missouri, they're a better, more complete, more dynamic offense than they were when they took on the Bulldogs last year. Uh, Brady Cook's playing at another level, uh, and it's not just Luther Burden. He's surrounded by other really good receivers like Theo Weiss and Mookie Cooper and Marquise Johnson. Uh, and then Cody Schrader at the running back position, I think, has given a nice little uh, complement of physicality that this offense needs. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if they're ready to go in and pull the upset, but I do think that they'll be much more um, ready to compete this year in that hostile environment because of what they experienced last year in Como. Now, Chris, over the summer, you know, that's prediction season, right? And you get kind of wild with picking upsets, what have you. Yeah. Over the summer, most notably, and Auburn Twitter got a hold of it, and, or Auburn X, whatever it's called. Anyways, Auburn folks got a hold of it, and they had a field day. Uh, I picked the Vanderbilt Commodores to upset Auburn in this game. Chances that I'll be correct, is it more than zero? Uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> one or two percent. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's funny, and I, I give you credit for calling yourself out because you know, the, a lot of those things we say, it, it's a, 
sounds good in theory at the time. And I think the more we say it, the more we start to believe it. Like I picked Kentucky to beat Alabama coming up here on November 18th, back in the preseason. I don't know that that's going to hold true either this year, but uh, I, I do think that, um, you know, I, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the Ole Miss Vandy game, really surprising switch uh, at the quarterback position, the way, you know, I know that AJ Swan has been out with the injury, but, um, moving on from Ken Seals in that game, uh, the, the, the young kid Taylor didn't necessarily give you a, a ton in terms of what you're able to do with the, the playbook. So they seem very limited. But, um, yeah, that, that team, that's one of the, the head scratchers too. I thought after beating Kentucky and Florida last November that this team was on the verge of taking a, another step forward. And uh, for whatever reason, they just have not been able to put it together this year. So I, I don't think that um, Vandy's able to give Auburn a game. And quite frankly, you look at Auburn's schedule, they got a decent chance to, to win out before playing the Alabama uh, game later in, in Auburn there at the end of the season. This is a team that could get to seven wins. And I think that'd be quite an accomplishment, giving, given the fact that this is Hugh Freeze's first year there and some of the challenges uh, that they've had with their, their roster comparisons to teams they've played this season. Chris, before we get to the big one in Tuscaloosa, Mississippi State, Kentucky, any thoughts on that one? Feels like a big bounce-back spot, obviously, for Mark Stoops' team. This is a must-have game for Mark Stoops' team. Like, this has uh, been a disappointing season for the Cats. I thought they could be capable of, of being the second-best team in the East. That's not come to fruition. Uh, you can't go and lose to Mississippi State. This is not the Mississippi State teams that you've had trouble with. I think I want to say – Stoops is maybe 0-5, I, I think, in, in going uh, to Starkville in his career uh, since he's been the head coach at Kentucky. You have got to win this football game this season. So hopefully for their sake they can get back to throwing the football as well as they did on Saturday and, and then get back to running it with Ray Davis the way that we've seen him earlier in the season. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, Chris, the big one, Alabama, LSU, 745 kick in Tuscaloosa on CBS. I mean, this is what we've been waiting for since July, right? We felt like the SEC West was going to come down to this game, yeah. and I think it's fair to say this one more than likely decides who heads to Atlanta. Uh, Bama opens up, I believe, around a touchdown favorite in this one. Of course, they've got the home field at night. LSU brings in that fantastic offense led by Jaden Daniels at quarterback. What are you expecting in this one? Do you have a pick for this game already? I mean, this is just yeah. – I cannot wait as a college football fan, an SEC fan, to sit back and just watch a great football game. I can't wait. I think we're excited to watch it because there's so many matchups within the matchup that, that prevent uh, present some really great dynamics to them. Um, you know, first and foremost, 
How about the home crowd, the home field advantage that, that, that Alabama's going to have? It hasn't been often over that 15, 16-year run that Coach Saban's had there where they needed the home field. But this season, it seems like more than ever, with the team that has the flaws that Alabama does, that they need that home field. You saw Nick Saban come out after the Arkansas game and thank the crowd for, for their uh, participation helping to make that uh, an advantage for, for their team. Um, it's going to be a, a raucous environment, especially after what happened last season in Baton Rouge. I know that the Alabama faithful want to show up and, and be loud from, from the get-go. Uh, but I love the matchup between you know the, the Alabama defense and LSU's offense. I think the most important group in this game is the Alabama front seven. Um, and, and Alabama's front seven is going to hold the key to what Alabama's offense is able to do. If this game gets up into the high 30s or low 40s, I don't think Alabama has a chance to win. I don't think that Jalen Milrow can consistently match possession for possession with what Jaden Daniels can do. So if you can protect that offense and not necessarily need Jalen Milrow to throw you back into the game every single possession, then I think you'll be all right. So that front seven's got to be able to create some pressure. Maybe more importantly, they've got to be able to corral Jaden Daniels because he's dangerous in the open field when things break down. Uh, I've been impressed with the secondary for Alabama. They've gotten better as the year's gone on. I think it's going to be a cool matchup with uh, Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas and, and Kyron Lacey. Uh, but uh, to me, it's all about that, that Alabama front seven. I haven't quite made a pick yet, but I do think that this is uh, going to live up to the hype. And we, we were talking about on our show today, that 2011-9-6 game was really exciting because it seemed like every single play mattered. I think this is going to be the same kind of game with every single play mattering, except it's going to be all about matching score for score in, in this uh, higher scoring game. It certainly is much different in that dynamic than the 2011 game. Chris, if LSU is able to go into Tuscaloosa and get the job done, make it back-to-back wins over Bama, Brian Kelly moving to 2-0 and during his time as the head coach of the Bayou Bengals, and with the questions Bama has, would you see this as kind of a changing of the guard in the SEC West? I know we're going away from division starting next year, yeah. but would you would you kind of see this as a changing of the guard, or is that going too far, or is that a fair assessment? No, I think it definitely is for that. You know, I, I think even last year we felt like maybe it was a changing of the guard after one game, but I think uh, one game does not make a trend, but you, you're able to go into Tuscaloosa and win that game. I think more importantly than the kind of the hierarchy in the league is that dynamic within that rivalry. Because Alabama's absolutely owned LSU outside of the, the 2019 game and the game last year. It seemed like, you know, uh, there's always been this mental block that LSU couldn't get over the hurdle against Alabama. And that's what was so amazing about it last year. Brian Kelly seizing the opportunity in his first attempt to beat Alabama, understanding that we don't want to give Bryce Young an opportunity. Let's go for two and either win the game here or lose it here. And they took advantage. I think that's a huge shot in the arm for this program as they go into Tuscaloosa, knowing what they're capable of doing after or pulling one off last season. Chris Doring of SEC Network does a fantastic job talking all things SEC and college ball. Chris, always a pleasure, my friend. I appreciate you doing this, and we'll chat yeah. again next week. Sounds good, Chris. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. Take care.